Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Welcome to this episode of Equipped to Be. I am your host, Connie Albers. We're going to talk about keeping your kids safe online. Now, I've done talks before, and I'll link these in the show notes about technology, keeping your kids safe on social media, how to help your kids create a positive social footprint. Well, I'm going to tell you, as with many things, as technology grows and changes and we see the pivot or the impact or how some of our kids are reacting or not reacting to social media or technology in general, then we have to address this. And so I was recently asked to do a new segment on a situation that had happened. A young person, 12 years old, had taken their dad's car keys. And this young person and a friend drove 400 miles to meet up with someone that they had befriended online. So just think about this for a second. Imagine, for most of you, you could probably imagine this, 12 years old. It's one thing to sneak out of the house, out the bedroom window. It's one thing for your kid to say, hey, you know, you're dropping me off to be at a friend's house, but then we leave and go over to somebody else's house or things that maybe you did when you were a tween or teen. But imagine them planning a joyride at 12, 400 miles without letting their parents know, 12 years old. Let that sink in for a minute. Well, it is something that actually happened. Thankfully, both the kids were safe. They were found. Parents alerted police and so on and so forth. But a few years ago, another situation arose, and that was this uh, young person had met somebody online in a chat room. Uh, Now, I come to you from the sunny state of Florida, and this young person was found with this online person who pretended to be a certain age but actually wasn't. Surprise, surprise. And thankfully, this person was safe and returned back to their parents. But it's got me thinking as I was doing the segment, because some of the questions that were asked was like, what do you do? I mean, 12 years old. I will say this, the trend for children engaging in risky, dangerous, not explorations, not thrill-seeking and fun adventures, but truly dangerous and risky behavior. It has gotten a lot younger. I mean, used to be we figured out, oh yeah, 14, 15, 16 years old, but now younger. We're talking middle school. The ability to think through the consequences of an action at 12 years old, 13 years old, even 14, we think that our kids are so grown up because what we see happening in, in society, online, on the streets, what we see happening in relationships, They're still kids. Their thought processes have not fully formed. There's so much research out there, friends, 
on brain development actually not being fully formed till your kids are in their mid-20s, which is why so many parents will say, you know, I mean, I used to do this. Oh, Lord, please let them get to 25. Just let them make it to 25 so that they'll settle down. And you may be thinking, man, that's really old. You know, what happened to the old days when it was like 18? Well, a lot has changed in our society and our culture around the world. But let's go back. I don't want to digress. I want to stay focused on this topic. It's very important. So that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Equipped to Be is keeping your kids safe. Again, this is just a 12-year-old who befriended somebody online, and this person and a friend had a great idea. We'll just drive to meet this stranger. And immediately, I think of the time when our kids and your kids are little and we remind them, you know, don't go with strangers. You know, if they offer you candy, don't take it. We, you know, the whole stranger danger. And I know that's even being questioned now because it makes kids afraid of people in general. I don't believe it has to be that way. I'm sorry. We have to teach our children to be discerning. Yeah, some people go overboard. Some people went overboard with germs. Don't touch anything or you might get germs. And the old adage was, you know, you ate a spoonful of dirt every day and your immune system would be great. Now, I'm not saying go eat a spoonful of dirt, I, but I am saying everything can be tilted to one direction that can cause some kids to become fearful. So we don't want to do that. But it is our job to teach our children to be wary, to be cautious, to think through a great idea. I got a great idea. Let's just take dad's keys and let's just drive 400 miles I'm 12 years old. No thought to what they would do if they would break down. No thought to what they would do if um, the other person that they were meeting wasn't a nice person. There was no thought because it was an impulse. That's what we're going to dive into. So you don't have to be a tech wizard. I mean, obviously it helps, but how many of you are really that gifted in technology. I mean, you may know how to work your email and your social media platforms, but do you really know how to find and access hidden apps and hidden chat rooms? And do you know how to go incognito on your computer? Most of you don't. And I will have to say, one of the greatest trainings of my career was when I had the opportunity to work for a social media company. And all I worked with for years was with marketers on the online space. And I learned more about the underbelly, the dark side of the internet than I wish I would have known. But there was a benefit. The cost was it made me sick. The cost was I wanted to just grab all my kids and say, never go on the internet again, because there's some really nasty, horrible, ugly things. And, you know, we don't even have to go underground anymore. I mean, we don't have to go incognito. It's right there on social media for all to see. I mean, we even have people now live streaming shootings because it's going to give them more likes. I mean, truly things have just gone wacky. But you don't have to be a technology guru to be able to keep your kids safe online. You just don't have to be. But if you're not, it's going to take some effort. So what does that actually look like? In this case, again, this person wasn't clicking where they weren't, but they befriended somebody. What do we know about kids? Kids are just like us. They want to be affirmed. They want to be appreciated. They want to be noticed. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to talk to somebody. Look at their phone usage if they have a phone. And I know several of you that are listening 
because I hear from you. You'll be like, well, that's why we don't give them a phone. I wouldn't give that 12-year-old a phone until they were at least 16, 17. Well, you're, that's completely fine. But again, I worked in this field for years. The, and I've worked in, I've ministered with high school and college kids for decades. There's some cons to that mindset. And that is when they finally get it, because they're so close to leaving your home, they go berserk because they don't know how to manage the power. Now, I'm not saying 12-year-olds should have unfettered access. I'm not even saying 13, 14, 15 should have unfettered access. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is this child, this 12-year-old, more than likely in these circumstances, they're just looking for a friend, somebody to talk to, somebody to laugh and tell jokes with. And the person on the other end, their motive isn't the same. And they've been honing their craft at luring young people. And it is a craft and it takes great skill. And yes, there are people who actually practice techniques that will work to get somebody to respond, to answer, to send a picture, to tell them personal information. It happens all the time. So don't think it's not happening to you or in your home. But there are some strategies that you can do in light of this situation, which has happened many times. It's just uh, surfacing more and more. I think this was pretty extreme that the 12-year-old grabbed the keys and took off on a grand adventure. But the communication is key. So the first step for you, mom and dad, grandma, grandpa, is to establish open and honest communication with your teen or tween. Discuss the importance of online safety. It's not like we have this talk once and it's done. It's not one and done. We explain and we teach and we remind and we ask over and over because that's how kids learn. We remind them the importance of online safety. We remind them the importance of responsible behavior. And we encourage our kids to come to you if they ever encounter a problem. So in this case, there wasn't really a problem. It's not like this child thought they were being stalked. This child was engaging in conversation. So what do we do then? Well, the second strategy is to set a clear expectation. You know, just don't blindly give your kids a smartphone without establishing rules for usage. That's important. And explaining your expectations. Discuss what type of activities are allowed and which ones are not. Like how much time they can spend, when they can spend time online, and what type of content is not permissible. Be clear in your communication. Be loving and explain why. Just explain why. This is why our family because you'll invariably, what you'll hear is, well, so-and-so's family or my best friend, their parents don't let, well, you're not your best friend's parents. Sorry. You are the parents for that child because God put them in your home. So therefore, you are to parent those children that you have, and they are to honor you because you are their parents. And I realize some of you are going to write and say, that's just like a bunch of old stuff. No, it isn't. It's still relevant. We honor our parents. We respect our parents. Parents, you honor your kids. You respect your kids. There's a mutual relationship aspect to building this type of dialogue and trust and respect. 
Next, you got to use parental controls. Again, children, I'm sorry, they don't always do what you expect them to do. You may explain it all. You may tell them why. You may tell them, hey, you're just trying to keep them safe because there are evil people out there or there are people who would like to hurt or harm your children. You may have explained everything. You have may have set all the expectations and you may have asked them 10 times, does this make sense? Do you understand? Do you agree? Are you willing to accept these um, expectations? And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we have to follow up. We have to check in. We have to monitor. So we do want to use parental controls. Most devices and internet browsers, they do have parental controls. And those are features that you can use to block or restrict certain types of content. And I'm sure most of you have those on. If you don't, I'm going to just say it's time for you to put those on your phone and start learning about it. There's lots of YouTube videos out there on ways to protect your children, tutorials on how to put parental controls on different apps and smartphones. And and as soon as you set that up, if you have a very smart child who gets technology, they're going to go in and just change the password and gain access. Or they're going to go to grandma and grandpa's house or their cousin's house or their neighbor's house. But you need to put parental controls, not because you are controlling your children, but because it's your job to protect your children. And this will help you be able to monitor them without constantly having to ask so you can keep them safe. That's the goal, safety. Keep them safe. But you do have to check it. You can't set it once and then forget it. And another thing, if you think your children are doing something, check the history. Go in and check the browser history. Now, I will say the older your children are, the more likely they are to, if, especially if they're savvy, tech savvy, the more likely they are to go in and cash out the history, just kind of clear the history so that you can't see where they have been. But that would be a place to start. Go see where your kids have been. See what websites they have visited. This at least gives you a sense of like what's going on online. And if your child objects, or gets defensive, or kind of lash out at you, you don't trust me. It could mean something's going on and they don't want you to see it. Not always, but it could. So what do you do? Well, it's time to have that conversation. Let's go back to one. Communication is key. Remind them how your family operates. This is our family. You are our children. God has given you to us to teach, train, and protect. And to the best of our ability, We take our job and our role and our duties very seriously. We don't want to see someone hurt or harm you because you are a great kid. And there are people out there that do want to hurt and harm kids. And we don't want you to be one of them. The other thing you can do is monitor their social media sites. So if your kids have them, check them out. But uh, again, having worked in Uh, digital marketing before, I know a lot of the tactics that are used to hide things, to embed things, to divert, to direct, all the stuff. And I know some of you are like, what is she talking about? This is not going to be that kind of conversation because that's a very technical talk. And you'll know enough by just saying, just check out what's being posted online, what's being said, what's popping up in the browser when you click on you know, whatever browser system that you're using. Find out who they're following. Look what their friends are posting. You want to be careful, though. This is where I can say having older children that have gone through it all 
we look back and we've had these conversations like, did you ever feel like I was like too nosy or too protective? Or And some of them would be like, yeah, I mean, you really were. But in the end, what you kept us from doing is getting in trouble. And others are like, no, it didn't bother me a bit. It just made me mindful that my mom and dad might be looking in, so I want to be careful. I don't want my phone taken away, or I don't want to disappoint mom and dad. I don't want to disappoint the Lord. I don't want to see something I shouldn't see or go somewhere I shouldn't go. So that that does help. So monitoring it. And just be careful. There's a fine line between checking and hovering. Make sure as your kids are getting older, you do give them some space. The other thing would be talk to other parents. Other parents are a great resource. Connect with them. Ask them, what are you using? What are you seeing works with your kids? Are your kids you know, having any struggles with this? More than likely, unless you're really good friends, they're probably going to say, oh, no, things are fine because they don't know. And that was one of the things, even to this day, but when my kids were growing up, I would get all this intel from my children about so-and-so's friend or this and that, it would always be about what other kids were doing. So they were just kind of telling me something. And if I ever said, well, you know what, why don't you try doing what so-and-so does? And they'd say, you're comparing me to that? Do you know what that person does, that kid, my friend does? I'm like, well, I just know what I see, but your kids know what they do. And why does this matter? Well, it matters because when you're asking other parents, they're typically going to give you a view that things are fine and they have it under control, unless they're a really, really close friend. And then they might be honest and say, yeah, we're having this issue. These things keep popping up, or we've caught our kids with hidden apps and we've found out that they've posted stuff on apps we didn't know they were using. It's hard. And why? Because we want to protect our kids. A lot of times our kids aren't just going to come in and show us if they've misbehaved, but they will tell us if their friends have misbehaved. Does that make sense? So there are so many things I know about my kids' friends because my kids would tell me in an effort to make sure I understood that there is no perfect kid out there. They all have something and they're all hiding something from their parents. And I thought, well, gosh, isn't that interesting? And this was a while ago, but it's still true. Children's natural desire is to hide things that they know they probably shouldn't be doing or they'll get in trouble for. That's the natural tendency. We all, we all tend to do that. We shy away from that, which we know we probably shouldn't be doing, but we'll tell a friend. So talk to other parents. You actually may learn about some new risky behaviors that are going around that maybe you hadn't heard of, maybe your kids have, and then what strategies they're using that maybe you haven't thought of. But it's important to remember to respect your teen's privacy in as much as possible while also keeping them safe. And that starts with keeping the lines of communication open. So you just, you've got to work together to establish the rules and maintain the expectations around their online behavior, constantly reminding them that you're not trying to keep them from meeting people. You're not trying to keep them from talking to others. You're not trying to keep them from having fun. But they need to trust your wisdom when it comes to online activity. And that starts by not overreacting when they do do something wrong, when they have clicked on something, when they have gone into a friend's house or they've hung out with some buddies or 
you know, friends, girlfriends, and they shared something with you and you're like, well, you're never going to get around that family again or that group of friends again. They've got to know that you're going to have a conversation and that there's not immediately. And of course, unless there's immediate danger, then that's a different story. But in general, we just want to be slow to react. But here are some social media monitoring tours, and I'm going to have them in the show notes, okay? But these are helpful, and we may have some additional ones that you'll want to check out. But Bark is a great social media monitoring tool. It uses artificial intelligence. And yes, we did do a segment on AI, but it does use AI to detect potential risks and alerts the parents. It does actually monitor like 30 social media platforms, which includes Facebook. And I know your kid's probably on Facebook, but you might be. Twitter, Instagram, there's 30 of them, and Snapchat. And so it's a pretty broad tool that's used, but you have to be comfortable knowing that AI is kind of like invading. And that, again, that's a whole nother conversation. Net Nanny is another good one. It's a parental control software that provides web filtering because if you tell your child to do research online or their teacher does, or it's an assignment that they're giving, you still want them to not accidentally type in the wrong thing and end up in a place they shouldn't be. It monitors screen time, social media monitoring. The tools allow the parents to view the child's online activity, including social media posts, messages, and photos. I will never forget, I was speaking at a conference and a woman came up and she said, hey, can we just talk? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And this mama was sharing about, it was her daughter and it was middle school. Hello, middle school. And she said, this young girl had met uh, engaged in conversation with somebody online. The mom didn't know. And the person was very persuasive and acted, you know, like, oh, you're so pretty. I want to see your smile is so beautiful. Will you take a picture of your smile so I can save it? Your teeth are so white. Your eyes are so bright. I love the color. I mean, just all the things, all the things. And it kind of went from there, as does most of the stuff hey, would you send me a picture of your, and then listed a body part? And it didn't start off with, would you just take a picture with your shirt off? No, it started off very, very innocent. Oh, your eyes are pretty. Or this or that. And then it ended up being more explicit. Well, this young girl bit the hook, so to speak, and was lured in. And this mama got a phone call from a guidance counselor at a school district and not even in her child's school district, got a phone call. And the guidance counselor said, hey, can you and your daughter come in? We need to talk to you. And so this mom was like, absolutely, it didn't make any sense. It wasn't her school district, so they had to drive across town. They went, uh, the guidance counselor was there and said, hey, and proceeded to tell them that this photo that this daughter had sent to someone was posted in some very inappropriate places and had been viewed by millions of eyeballs. The young girl broke down, just was devastated, horrified. All they could think about is, my life is over. Millions of people have seen this photo. And this person really was wrong. And so they found where it had been sent. It wasn't out of the country. And it's True. I mean, if it's out of the country, it's very difficult because, you know, they're not under U.S. law, but it's very difficult. This person did happen to be 
in the United States. And the problem was the emotional toll that it took on this young girl because she thought at a young middle school age, my life is over. I've embarrassed my family. My friends are all laughing. They think everywhere now they go. Somebody's seen that photo. It isn't the truth, but it's still very difficult to walk through. The parents, of course, were devastated. They had no idea, just like this young girl took the keys to dad's car at 12 years old and headed across 400 miles. We don't know. And that's the question that they were posed with. How can we know? Well, ask them. Don't be afraid to ask your children or your child if they've met anyone online or if they're chatting with anyone on an app or if they play video games. Have they been having a conversation with some of the people that they play games with? And remind them, why are you asking? I'm asking because I love you. I'm asking because I know there are a lot of people online that their existence, the bane of their existence is to hurt and harm others. They have no respect for others. They respect them, what they want, and they'll do anything to anyone that's a willing participant. And often they prey on young children. Ask them. Two, pay attention. If your children starts acting secretive or they get defensive, mom, you took my phone. I'm not doing anything. They click off the phone, they, they swipe, they delete an app. If you notice behavior, maybe they're a little more irritated or maybe they're a little more quiet and subdued. Maybe they start asking you a lot more questions like, hey, when are we going on vacation or where are we going to be going to anywhere here? Or mom, I'd really love to go on this to this vacation spot. If they start asking questions that seem out of the norm, that's an opportunity for you to ask them some important questions. So how do you know what your child would do? Well, you really don't. I don't know if you've ever watched any videos of kids, parents that have diligently taught their children to be safe, ride on the sidewalk, or not talk to strangers, or not take candy at, if they're at a playground, or not walk away with somebody at the playground if they've been taught that, but yet they get lured or enticed by somebody who's usually very, very disarming and friendly. Same thing happens with online. And that's one of the questions I was asked. Well, how do you know? You can't be 100% sure. But it's important to talk about what-if scenarios with your kids. We did it with our kids when we're little. We do it with them when they're tweens and teens. As they grow, you've got to pivot to online dangers, stranger danger online. Talk about the what-if scenarios. What if somebody flatters you? What if someone sends you pictures of them? What if somebody tells you how beautiful are, how much they like you, how smart you are, how funny you are? All the different scenarios, talk about them. And then say, this is what you need to do to be able to handle and be safe with being online. You don't give out any personal information, none. You don't give out your address or your phone number. You don't text message them. You don't send pictures back and forth. Our goal isn't to make our kids fearful, but we do want them to be alert to the dangers that do exist. If by chance something has happened, your child has done something and you're deeply disappointed or you're scared, what do you do if you find out they've been having secret conversations? 
First, just take a moment and breathe. Go outside, take some deep breaths. Pray, ask the Lord to give you discernment and wisdom and words. Think about the best way to speak to that child. Because if you're like me, I have five. And I know if I say certain word combination to one child, and I try to use that same word combination, voice inflection, everything's the same, it's not going to land in the same place. Think about how your child's going to hear the words that you speak. You can say the same thing, but you want to say it in a way that they're going to hear the heart behind the message. Just don't overreact. I mean, obviously, in this situation, the parents, as in that other situation where the child had taken off to Georgia, I'm not talking about not calling police or or getting upset or crying or being afraid or dropping to your knees and praying and calling everybody and their brother, have you seen my child? We don't want to have to put up posters saying, have you seen my kid? But if you do find out they have, start with the heart of empathy and understanding. Don't start with, I told you, this is how we do things. These were the rules. This is what we agreed to. You have blown it. Guess what has just happened? A wall has just gone up. Their willingness to be completely transparent with you has been shut down because they're afraid. They're children. They're afraid. But you can say things like, you know, I noticed that you've been having some conversations online. Tell me about them. Who are they? How did you meet them? I want you to know I'm not angry, but I am concerned about your safety. Tell me more. We have to be transparent here. In order for this to work, you need to be able to trust me and I need to be able to trust you. Deal? Deal. I understand that you may want to keep some things private, but it is important that we talk about what's going on online. I know you're a smart, funny person, but again, there are people out there that are very good at luring and and complimenting and flattering young people. You look pretty. I think you're fun to be with. You are a kind person. I just need a friend to talk to. You, as a parent, have to tell your children, we've got to work out a way to keep you safe while respecting your privacy. And I want you to know, I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you navigate the online world. And if you're going to talk to someone, you need to run it past us. That it's important that you don't share your personal information. That's how we're going to stay safe online. Notice what I said. That's how we're going to stay safe online. I know you might feel embarrassed maybe even ashamed, but it is important that we talk about what's going on. When we communicate, then we come up with solutions that will work for you, that'll keep you safe, and that'll keep our relationship strong. I'd love to hear your feedback and comments. The scenarios I shared with you, one was more difficult because of the damage to her reputation and just what it did to her emotionally and mentally. It took a lot of counseling for that young girl. The other two, they got a wake-up call really quickly about the dangers of all of it, what it does to their parents and the fear it causes. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you're having struggles with your kids, drop us an email. Write us. Let us know. I'll have all of this on the show notes for you, as well as some of the other monitoring tools that I didn't have time to mention. Let us know if you're struggling and and you need somebody to pray to make intercession for you and your kids because it's rough. 
trust me, I, I get it. It's hard and it can be hard. Some of your kids are going to be great at it and it's never going to be an issue, but some of yours will keep you up at night worrying and wondering, and we don't want you to worry and wonder. So let us know how we can pray for you, how we can walk alongside you in this very important topic about keeping your kids safe online. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Equipped to Be. I look forward to being with you next week. As always, go over to ConnieAubers.com. Subscribe to our email so this comes straight to your email box every week. Make sure you subscribe to our online platforms wherever you listen to the podcast. And hey, if you have not left a review for our podcast, Equipped to Be with Connie Aubers, would you do that? That matters so much and we sure would appreciate it. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.